0: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Utavia podcast as ever. I'm your host Jim Chisholm and I'm joined by examiner sports editor Mel Booth and football writer Blake Welton. Today we're going to be reviewing last weekend's 2-1 victory at the Hawthorns before previewing this Saturday's fixture against Tottenham Hopspur. Uh, but first I'm going to encourage you to check out a deal that our sponsors Beer 52 have kindly offered to all you lucky listeners out there. Go to the website, type in the code Huddersfield, and you can pick up a £29 crate of beer for just £5.95. So right, now that's out of the way again. It was billed as a as a must-win by everybody but Blake. Uh, and David Wagner. And David Wagner. <laughs> but we, we went and won it nonetheless. Uh, Mel, thoughts about the
1: weekend? Um, great weekend uh, for town, obviously. I think people said, you know, a must-win. I think it was more of a must-not-lose. Um, that was my take on it going into the game, um, to at least keep the barrier at as many points as it was. Um, but town went down there and did, you know, a really good job uh, on the day, and to come away with three points after having beaten uh, Bournemouth at home, um, it was a real, real shot in the arm for the chances of staying up. And I think it's done. You know, it's given all the fans a real. Boost and a real hope that Town can see this through, you know, during the running.
0: Blake.
2: Yeah, totally. I think the phraseology must not lose um, and get something out of it is pretty much perfect. But getting all three points, I think, I think everyone would have gone down there and and if they took a point, it's like, well, you know, it's it's no one's really gained from that. Um, but the fact they went down there and and got the victory, three points, it really is a massive nail in West Brom's coffin as well. And you really have to start looking at it being, you know, two relegation places to be filled as opposed to the three now with uh, West Brom, um, you know, pretty much down and out, I think, after that performance. Um, So, yeah, fantastic. And, and it just gives them a bit of breathing space as well, um, going into, you know, tomorrow's game and, and, and that. And then obviously, you know, they're, they're running, they're now 14th and th- three points from uh, the drop zone.
0: I don't want to belabour a point about our style of play, um, but I'm going to belabour a point about our style of play. Pardew said they couldn't cope with us, we were on the front foot from the beginning, it's something that you know Mel was, was saying that we should do when we went through that bit of sticky patch. Is, is it, it's not a coincidence is it that we've gone back to playing how we used to play, and we've had a, as fortunes have picked up?
2: No, um, but I, I, to, to be honest, the style of play, I, I thought both sides were quite poor. I think it was you could tell it was two sides that didn't really want to lose the game and there was a lot riding on it and you know Town and some of the players struggled to get the passing game together um, and that but Town's just a little bit of quality in the final third with Pritchard and Mounier linking up once again really well, really did kind of come to the fore. Um, but I do generally agree with the fact, other, you know, maybe not particularly the West Brom game, but generally the fact that Town are better on the front foot. And basically that's probably why they're so good at home as well, because, you know, the the, the crowd get behind them and really buoy them up and really G them up for a sort of adrenaline football, so to speak. So um, I do agree with Pardue, but maybe the game itself, that game as a, as an, as as one game, was not kind of town at their best on the front foot.
1: No, it wasn't. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Mel. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't mean that it was was at our best, but what I mean is we pressed frantically, we played a high line, and they couldn't live with us, and we forced them into mistakes. I'm not saying we played beautiful passing football. But we did the defensive pressing side of the game very well.
1: Mel? Yeah, I, I think there was a, an edge of positivity about everything that Town did as well. It might not have been the greatest quality all the way through, um, but it looked like there was that positive um, vibe running through everything. And it was kept going. And there were shots at goal and, you know, the people were willing to have a go. I mean, you know, Williams was really unlucky on a couple of occasions, wasn't he? That would have been a brilliant... If that volley had gone. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> a goal of the season. Without but... a doubt, yeah. Um, well, pretty good. Rajiv Van La might have something to say <laughs> about that. but they're us. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and I think that that's, the, the fans are appreciating that. We'd all rather see Town fail having a go if they're going to fail. You know, we don't want them to fail, we want them to be successful and I think the best um, chance for Town to be successful, and I've said this before on on the podcast, is that you know they need to be playing positively and having a go at the opposition. In the old terms, you know, attack is the best form of defence and I think that it really is proving to be the case for Town. Uh, we went through that sticky patch, we weren't positive, we looked defensive and I don't think anybody enjoyed that. And I think just coming out of the shell a little bit has really, you know, has really helped. And I think you know the introduction of Pritchard um, in midfield since he came in the January window, and also uh, Congolo, with what he brings to the back, it's clear that that guy can, you know, he can read the game. He's a big, physical, strong athlete, and you know he's got ability in the air, and he can pass the ball. You, I suppose, you don't go to AS Monaco and play for yeah. Holland if you if you can't do those sorts of things. But he has been a really good signing, I think, as well. So the two of them have given us a, a, a little bit of a different perspective on things, um, and maybe they've allowed us to play more of that style that we all want to see with town on the front foot.
2: I, I think as well, going back to the, the January um, the, the purchases of Congolo on loan and also Pritchard, I think before like the circumstances maybe at, at times dictated the setup up and the formation and the approach because there wasn't that quality to really kind of you know be flexible in rotate you know rotation and set up and and things whereas Pritchard is the number 10 and the, the link between the, mid, the hard working pressing midfield and the you know forwards and the outlet for creativity that you know we just weren't getting with you know Casey Palmer just always injured and just not being aware tactically enough during games and then Sabiri as well he won for the future so you know with Pritchard now it gives you a lot more options in the final third and and set up and the same with Conglo at the back he can play as back three or you know as a full back and, that. and I think at times town were maybe those two players short of being able to mix it up, so they had to basically go, Well, we can't really go forward, let's just, you know, be it be defensive and kind of and try and be as hard to beat as possible. Whereas now we've got options no one's no one really remembered Aaron Moy was was out as well. Um Aaron Moy's been our main creative outlet for for so long. But we did all right without him against West Brom, and you know no one's saying, "Oh, when's Aaron Moy back? When's Aaron Moy back? Oh, you know, oh he's coming back from Australia, and is he going to be what you know? Because we have, although it's a different position, we have another creative outlet in Alex Pritchard.
0: So we all agree that Pritchard's had a massive impact since January. Do you think that Pritchard is getting the best out of Mooney? Because what couple of months ago everyone was saying well you know Mooney is yeah. not cracked up to be was he worth all that money but now he looks like the striker that we all thought we'd paid for is that again down to Pritchard
1: yeah I think they, they certainly seem in the in the you know the few minutes that we've had to see them play together they certainly seem as though they've got a little bit of a an understanding going on there and that's fantastic because we've clearly lacked that from the number 10 position all season really Um that that link with the, the 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 front man up there whether it's de Poitreau or, or Mounier but you know the way Mounier stuck that goal away at West Brom um you know it clearly shows that if you give him the chances he knows where the back of the net is and I think Pritchard and him seem to have struck up some sort of a a partnership or an understanding or whatever you like to call it and maybe they just read each other um and I, that can only be good that can only be good because we've got a We don't generally make as much of the chances that we create that we should do, and if we're going to start doing more of that, it can only be good, and it can only say good things about our chances of survival.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree. Since Pritchard's come in, Mounier's a lots of different player... And um, before the January transfer window, you know, November, December when we weren't picking up points, we weren't scoring goals, everyone was bleating on about we need another forward, we need a forward, <laughs> Mounier's, you know, not doing it, we've only got the <laughs> And I said then and there for quite a few times, you know, in, in pieces and in comment pieces that it's not the forwards the problem, it's the supply to the forwards. Um and although the difference is between Deportivo. Deportivo will go looking for the ball and create chances, and just his pure physical nuisance of of himself, he will create chances. Um, you know, and can play that one at the top. Munier is not that sort. He does need that that number ten and that you know that player behind him. He
0: plays well off the shoulder as he well. does. Doesn't he? He's yeah. not. He's not someone who's necessarily playing with his back to goal no. like was. Potre, Yeah,
2: yeah, that's definitely, and as actually, you know saying before this to to Boothie you know to both the signers Congolo and Alex Pritchard do do we actually need a a new uh, head of football operations because (laughs) we've done all right with those two so far and what what they've done.
1: (laughs) Well I'm sure David Wagner has a fair bit to say about who is recruited anyway so the fact that he was sort of at the forefront of it during the January transfer window and every time we asked him appeared to be enjoying that fact then maybe you're right, but uh, the last indications we got were that they were still, um, you know, interviewing potentials for it. So yeah, we yeah. will wait and see. Send your CVs in. Yeah, if, yeah. Uh, if that's your kind of thing, Quana or
0: Ince. Quaner started. Um, head of Ince. You know, Ince you know was filling that number ten role, which he's not a natural at. Yeah. Pritchard has you know shunted him out to the right, and, and now Quana seems to have a starting berth. Quana I think uses space really intelligently and I think the assist that he got for Van Parra's amazing scuffed goal um <laughs> demonstrates that who who if if you had to start one player on the right who do you start that is an absolute
1: juggling act yeah. to be quite honest it? it really is a tough question because obviously Colin Kwan, you know we all get quite amused sometimes about him because it, it's it's a bit like if you knew who used to be that yeah. You know, you you knew that the opposition hadn't a clue what was going to happen because he didn't. So <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit like that with Colin. I'm sure he's got a bit more, um, to his game than uh, than that. To be quite honest, but um, he he troubles defenses. We saw it last season as well, didn't we? In the, you know, when it when it came to playoff time, he came on at Wednesday, didn't he, and made yeah. a massive ten seconds. Yeah. yeah, just made a massive impact. So he's got that capability, and it's clear that opposition. You know defences are not quite sure what to do with him um and you quite rightly say he set that goal up beautifully the finish wasn't you know it wasn't smacked in the corner by any means but he he saw the pass and he saw the man in space and you know a goal came from it you can't ask any more than that so you know at the moment with Tom Ince, it just flicked in and out a little bit too much at times um yeah he get, you know he 's been on the end of some of our moves and not quite put the ball in the net seems to have happened a little you know a little bit too often and you know i 'm a, I'm a Tommins fan. I thought it was a good signing for the club at his age. I thought it was the right time, and I thought it was the right circumstance for him to actually come and show that he 's a Premier League footballer. so I have nothing against Tommins whatsoever um, as you said, for who do you pick? At the moment you'll probably stick with Kwana because he's probably got the bit between his teeth and you just want to stick with that man who's, you know, really sort of positive about the way he's playing. Um and, you know, bring Tom on. You've got the option of where you bring Tom yeah. on, then haven't you? you can bring him on in two or three mm-hmm. different positions. Mm-hmm. So you you will probably stick with Kwana, but it's a very, very close call to be fair.
2: Yeah, it's it's a funny one because we we uh, this week's town talk was all about what to do with Colin Quanner and, and and we need to talk about colin and and it seemed to go down really well with the with the readership everyone seemed to be reading it and everyone seems to have an opinion on on big Col as uh, as we like to call him um I think it's a case of whether you let your head rule your heart or your heart rule your head because. You know, Colin doesn't really know what he's doing with the ball sometimes, and but you just cannot fault his endeavour and his commitment, and he's just pure. You know, his pure passion and he's he's a he's a trier, and you know his first touch might not be the greatest sometimes, or you you know might not be, you know, positionally you know, that great, but you know his pure you know passion and endeavour will you know get cause problems and, and get goals and assists and I think the fact that he's got the most assists out of any town player now um it is fantastic whereas Tom Ince you know if you're looking at him a cold half today is probably a better overall footballer, better touch uh, and that but he's just struggling to finish and getting on the end of things. So head or heart at the moment I have to go with with the heart and that um and, and you know and hopefully you know he can carry on you know, becoming quickly becoming seems to be a some cult figure for uh, for Huddersfield Town fans.
1: Two nil
0: to Quan, three nil. I'll put my <laughs> hat in the ring as well. So, Tottenham is Tottenham a free hit? We go out there, give it a go on the front foot. I, or, uh, or is there a danger that we do what we did at home? We get absolutely battered, and confidence going into those two key games, Swansea and Palace. Is low.
2: I th- I think you got you've got, to, you've got the, the the term box clever here. It's a free hit. I definitely agree. It's a free hit. The game games against Tottenham, Manchester United, Liverpool, home or away. They're not the games you're gonna target for points. If you get any points out of them, like we did against Manchester United early in the season, great stuff. Uh, the work that the heavy duty hard work of staying in the Premier League is going to be against you know AFC Bournemouth, West Brom, and then the two games afterwards, you know, which is Swansea Palace. Then you've got Watford, Newcastle. So they're the heavy duty ones. So, but that's not necessarily meaning you, you know you don't try and get something because they're bonus points. But I think it's a case of as I said, bots and clever. Um, if you go toe to toe with them. And you go, you know, if it's a bit like a boxing match when you know the guy, the guy's going to be harder, bigger, faster. You try and stick in there for the ten rounds, and maybe just hopefully they'll wear themselves out, run out of ideas, and you can get hit them with a sucker punch and that. And that's I think how Town need to set up. They need to set up smartly, compact frustrate them and try and hit, try and hit them with a sucker punch and that whether that 's on the counter attack or you know whether it's it 's making one of their few chances count um but I think that's going toe to toe I think you 're going to come on un, un, undone like you did earlier in the season
1: yeah there's there's a golfing class, so you 've got to be careful haven't you, but I do want to see town being positive i'm quite intrigued to see how david Wagner's going to set up the team um The only time Tottenham haven't scored at Wembley this season was against Swansea City. They drew 0-0. Swansea set up with three centre-backs and just basically frustrated them. Spurs had 75% possession, 26 shots to four and didn't score. And Swansea came away with a point. If Town come away with a point on Saturday, we'll be absolutely delighted. But there's a chance. There is a chance and that's why I say I'm intrigued to see how David Wagner's going to set it up. It is a free hit. I don't think whatever happens, as long as we don't get absolutely crushed yeah. seven or eight or something, I don't think confidence is going to take a hit if we lose you know, by a normal score, shall we say, on, on Saturday. I don't think confidence is going to take a hit. Um, This is a freebie in those, in those terms, and I think town can go down there positively set up and just go about the business and see see what happens you know if, I, I don't think they'll get picked off like they did um at home i don't think that will happen again i pray it won't happen again uh, but i think you know you've got to be mindful of the fact that you know spurs are a pretty good team uh you know we're going to be up against it so i, I think we've just got to go down and play give it a real go but from a from a structured framework which i'm sure that you know, David Wagner will, will set things up in that way. Just who he'll pick, I'm sure we could guess yeah. umpteen different teams right. and he'll probably come up with a different one. So do you, do you think bit, we'll have you know, three at the back? I mean Tottenham is still playing three at the back, are they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you think we'd will will match them I mean I have never seen us play well with three at the back. Yeah, ever.
2: I think I think a lot of it though is is it's not a formation that the side have been able to have been used to or played too often. Um earlier in the season we tried it against Arsenal, um and Martin Craney was there. No disrespect to Martin Craney. He's left and he's now substitute um at, at Middlesbrough. Um so, you know, that it just shows how much, you know, the lack of quality we had in that position. With Congolo, Schindler and Zanka now we have three Premier League quality defenders to play that that formation that way. And I think, you know, they can only get better by playing it, by training with it, and having the players of similar quality around them to do so, so I think they will go three three at the back, um, and that and 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 have two sort of wing backs, um, and that it, I think the quandary for me is how they set up in midfield really, um, and that I would say have Hogg, Williams Billing, and I would still keep Pritchard, up, um, supporting Mounier. so you've got that compactness. But you've also got, you know, you know, you have know, got a little bit of something other than just hoying it up to Mounier, you know, who's isolated. So, that's that's how I would go for it. Um, and just going back on the point, I think Tottenham are probably, apart from Man City, are the best footballing side in the country. So, you know, you have to pay them the
1: respect that they're, they're due as well. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, and it's the setup will be very very interesting. I threw the question in there about three centre-backs because Swansea did it when they went there and, you know, it it worked with a little bit of, you know, well, probably a large slice of luck thrown in there. And Town are going to need, you know, a, a bit of the rub of the green on Saturday, I'm sure. Um, but, um, yeah, something, if they do play that way and play with two wing-backs, then obviously something's got to give him in midfield. Yeah. So it will be very interesting to see what he does, but I would love to see Alex Pritchard kept in there. Yeah,
0: yeah I think that's key. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. we we won't create anything without him. Mm. Um, my only worry is that if you play Hog Williams and Billin, one of them gets crocked, and then what?
2: Yeah, but you you could say that all the time. Um, you know, you could say that with with that, they could be training now on that icy picture canal side and they get crocked. You've just you know. So are you suggesting then maybe perhaps? Rest or or keep one of them
0: for the bigger games, you know, coming up or or, or what? Or? I I don't know. I, I wouldn't go three at the back. I honestly, I honestly think we can't go toe to toe with Tottenham. And and you saw when we we tried to match Chelsea. I think at home, uh, the way that they switch the ball from wing to wing is terrifying. And and Tottenham did that to us at home. Um, I'd keep it back four and I would just keep it really tight. Um, it's a way. It is a
1: free hit. Um. You can, you can shield as well. You can shield your back yeah. four as well, Jim, can't you? Yeah. We, you know, we, we're more used to doing that yeah. than, than playing the back three. Like you, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think we've ever, under various managers, come to terms with playing three at the back. It's, easier it's for, just
0: not us. It's easier for everyone to defend if it's two banks of four or a bank of four and five. You know where you're going to be. I think it's slightly more complicated when you're playing a three, six, one or whatever. <laughs> uh, in a transition... It's, it's confusing, I think, unless you're really well drilled, like Tottenham are, and you're matching a team that are really well drilled. So for me, let's do what we're good at defensively. You know, two banks of four. Because you're not, not going to compete with them toe-to-toe on, on that level, you know. So for me, I, I would keep four at the back. I'm, I'm not a fan of three at the back.
2: So two banks of four, and then uh, Mounier supported by Pritchard then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just have to play... Pritchard, I mean Pritchard, you know, is pretty good in how he presses and turns his fives in of his game. You know, he's, he's not necessarily the most obvious central midfielder, but I think he can play as a central midfielder.
2: Uh, just being Devils' advocate then, um, would you still have Mounier or would you maybe have Depoetra because Depoetra was likely to maybe have his back to go more and hold the ball? Up? Uh,
0: no, because we, because when we play long to DePatre, we never push up enough to win second balls mm-hmm. um, so for me I'd, I'd play someone who you, you know at least with Mounier he's more playing off the shoulder of the last man you might be able to someone like Pritchard might be able to thread a ball through and I think you get much more luck that way than going long you might only get two or three chances yeah. but from scenes against Chelsea, Liverpool that we never win the second balls. And I, I don't think that's going to change between now and the end of the
1: season. They pressed us really well. Though. I mean, yeah. I I thought Liverpool was sensational. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it was a similar sort of thing against Chelsea when they were here, but Liverpool were absolutely fantastic. They were all mm-hmm. over us like a rash. And, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more breathing space against Spurs. I, mean, yeah. I, I,
2: I think so as well. Maybe I, I think we played in some respects... Played Liverpool at the right time, perversely, because I they really seem to be kicking into mm. you know full gear now. The way they were against West Ham, Cl- clock was saying it was like complete performance. They seem to also when it comes around to the Champions League knockout stages, historically start kicking in, uh, and and doing well in that and, and 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 things. I think Tottenham, I think they might hopefully they've got obviously a game tonight against Rochdale. That's an added game. Um they're gonna to have to rotate players. There's a few players at the back's got injuries, um I think older one of them and that, that they're gonna just be resting. Harry Kane I think is gonna be rested tonight. So I think, you know, it might be a good time to play Tottenham as well and, and we might, you know, not be as, you know, as high intense pressed as we were against Liverpool really
1: I think we, we need one of the keys we need to keep hold of the ball as well mm. you know we can't be giving the ball away otherwise we are going to get hammered we really need to keep the ball and use it well and you know not be frightened to have the ball either you know be positive about it but we need to keep hold of that ball as much as we can
0: that's why I'm reluctant to do the whole lob it to, to Poitre yeah. thing because we just lose possession yeah um, Wembley? Are you all looking forward to going back, or is it kind of like it's a bit weird? Is it ruining the whole experience of, of Wembley, or
2: are we are we going into the realms of? I know the next question we going into the realms of. Uh, is it wrong that Tottenham, if they get through tonight, and go into play at yeah. Wembley and all, all that? The all the cliches. All the cliches on this podcast. Yeah. So um, um, I think whatever happens on Saturday, if. If town go and win five 0 against Tottenham, or you know, or it's like one of the greatest complete performances of Huddersfield Town's history, I still think it will not better. You know the Bank Holiday, May sunshine and, you know, thirty five or forty thousand Town fans, um, in a one off Cup final game to get into the Premier League for the first time and back in the top flight for like forty five years or something I think it'll go a long way and and that um and I do think the whole Wembley thing is a little bit of a kind of it, it does diminish the magic of it but I think it's experiences that no town fan it will it will take away or tarnish what happened nine months ago.
1: Yeah, let's face it, we haven't really had many opportunities to see town at Wembley over the years have we we've been very lucky because yeah. we've seen him win yeah, there a few times seems, yeah. so we've that's been great, and uh you know but it, it was what fifty or fifty six years or something before we went in the autoglass since town had last been there, yeah. something like that so you know uh two three generations of town fans never got to see them yeah. at Wembley, so we've been really fortunate in in certainly over the last twenty years. to to have seen town there what, three, four times whatever it is will this be the fourth time so uh, for me it's great what's wrong with that let's go to Wembley and enjoy it Um, and I, I think a lot of town fans will be you know making a weekend of it it's a special occasion, uh, whichever yeah. way you look at it. Very hard nice to get tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, and I suppose if you're a Rochdale fan going down tonight as well, it's it's you know, for them it's it's what, you know, they might not have ever thought of, albeit it's FA Cup. Oh, getting out yeah. of Rochdale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, albeit it's FA Cup fifth round, but you know, going to mm-hmm. Wembley, but I I, I don't think it'll affect the memories that was built nine months ago. But um, to me it's a little bit of a, a weird one. Yeah. But I still enjoy all the Pre-match food and all yeah, the nice stuff.
0: stuff. <laughs> predictions. Actually, Blake. Last week, you got the the predictions and the scorers correct. I think. That yeah. Was, uh...
2: This is this is this is why you listen to this podcast <laughs> so you can get the insight Surprise. and put the money on. Um, so so all pressure on me going first right? again. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna cause you normally just ask for the score. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one one. Town score first. Bats against the wall, and then Harry Kane. Who else? pulls one out of the bag and and gets the equaliser, but Town, were more than
0: happy with that.
1: Mel? I'd be more than happy (laughs) with a 1-1 draw, that is for sure. I mean, you know, realistically, uh, I've mentioned there is a golfing class. You'd have to say that Spurs are red-hot favourites, aren't they? So, you know, you'd you'd probably settle for something like a a 2-0 to Spurs, but if we can get a goal puts a whole different complexion mm-hmm. on it, and you know maybe we'll prod the the hornet's nest or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, you know, I I optimistically I will join Blake in his one apiece. One
0: apiece. I'm going to say two nil Spurs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a depressed. That's my default setting as yeah. well. But anyway, there we. Are.
0: Right. Is there anything else anyone would like to talk about? Swansea Palace or that running, or shall we call it a day?
1: No, I think we've we've covered it, haven't yep. we really this. I think we're basically saying, you know, this match is probably not the one that's going to determine um, what happens to Town's season. Yeah. But I think the key thing is that town have got their own fate in their yep, own hands. Definitely. Simple as that.
2: Yeah, definitely. As as Boothie said, if even if town lose, Swansea win, and they go level on points straight away next week at the John Smith Stadium, Town have got a chance to rectify that again and, and basically streak back three points out of Swansea so yeah, so like I said it's it's in Town's hands and it's all to play for.
0: What a difference a week makes well thanks for listening, uh, if you've enjoyed it, go and give us a review on iTunes, only five star reviews you can only give them So, uh, and until next time, keep the faith